We're discussing Chief Information Officer Strategy for 2021 with Obijit Mazumder. He's the CIO of TCS with 450,000 employees. Tata Consultancy Services, TCS, as we are more commonly known, is uh, about 50-year-old. We are an IT services company, which means uh, the large Fortune 500 organizations outsource their IT work to us. Uh, We are headquartered in uh, Mumbai, India, and uh, we have uh, 450,000 plus associates in uh, about uh, 52 countries. Uh, We work for a huge number of global customers, and our footprint today is truly global. Uh, We uh, are in North America. We are in Latin America, which is a very large presence for us. Uh, UK and Ireland. Uh, We are in Europe, uh, Asia Pacific. Japan and China. And of course, we are uh, significantly here in India. Uh, We also uh, provide uh, products and platforms to some of our customers. And my role here is to look after uh, the technology strategy and operations for our corporate IT, uh, which takes care of, uh, as I said, all our associates all our customers, and all our stakeholders. Now, a quick thank you to Productive, a SaaS management platform that unlocks the power hidden in your SaaS applications to bring you higher ROI, better team collaboration, and lower license costs. Obajit, we're talking about CIO strategy. And so as you think about the coming six months into the you know, next year, what are the key strategic issues that are on your mind or that you look at? I'm sure everybody's context is slightly different than mine. Uh, we are a company which is growing very fast. We are about uh, a little over $22 billion in size uh, right now. Uh, And uh, we are uh, growing uh, significantly fast over the last few years. Uh, And uh, the key key strategic imperatives for us is to ensure that we bring in more technology to uh, have our business scale up more effectively. Our associates become more productive. We can acquire talent more quickly. And doing so, Uh, we ensure that all our processes, all our operations are secure and safe because we also manage a lot of our customers' data. Uh, And our uh, infrastructure is really uh, scalable and resilient. So those are my strategic imperatives for 2021. Well, clearly these are going to be issues we talk about now. Let's begin with the current global health crisis. Tell us about the, the transitions and tell us about what the impact has been on TCS, your employees, your stakeholders with 450,000 associates. That's just an enormous group of people. The pandemic kind of, uh, or the health crisis kind of caught us a little ahead of our planning process. Um, we have a fairly large operations in China and we were looking at what this was happening in China very keenly. And we were trying to learn from it. And our expectation was that uh, probably we will have to start taking adequate measures by 
uh, end of uh, end of March, early April time frame, where you know the the crisis will probably come and hit India. Unfortunately for us, uh, the the pandemic hit India about two two and a half weeks in advance of our timeline, which meant we had to accelerate all our planning by that time, and we were uh, for a few weeks uh, trying to cope up with that unexpected advancement of timeline. What we really did uh, was uh, we have these what we call as these large. Uh, uh, delivery centers, right? Uh, these are huge facilities. You know, some of them are uh, can ha- house 20, 25,000 people at the same time. So these are mini cities kind of uh, where you have, uh, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, people come here, uh, work, and then go back, end of their working time. And we have to empty these uh, delivery centers. We had to ensure that People go, go and work from their homes. Many moved back from the cities where they were operating from to their native places. And uh, while they were doing so, we needed to ensure that they are equipped with the right equipment, they are equipped with the right technologies so that they can continue to provide services to our customers because our customers are global banks. Our customers are global utilities. Our customers are those hospitals, those healthcare facilities who needed to continue to provide services, those the emergency services that were being provided uh, were being enabled by us. And therefore we needed to ensure that uh, all our associates can continue to deliver those work. And uh, over a period of three days, we could really move uh, and enable our uh, associate base, almost 90 plus percent of our associate base to start working from wherever they were. At that point of time, they, you know, there was a lockdown in India. There were lockdown in many places across the world, uh, and that was a major, major technology uh, challenge that we had to overcome in the early days of the health crisis. Since then, we have done many things. Uh, we have uh, uh, leveraged our, uh, uh, we have leveraged our expertise to uh, scale up many of our, uh, you know, operations. Uh, many applica- new applications have been built to take care of uh, the unique situation. Uh, a lot of changes needed to be made to our financial systems, definitely our healthcare, uh, HR systems, uh, systems that support our associates' well-being, uh, and uh, also scale up the collaboration platforms that we were using, at, uh, that we are using, uh, and and that has been the challenge ever since. I think it took us about three months to stabilize it. While we were doing that, we also needed to make sure that all these operations are secure because as you can understand, our associates are working with our customers' financials, right? Um, people's money. Uh, so we needed to make sure that while they're working from home, uh, when they were working at office, we ensured that they are working in a very secure environment. While they're working from home, the same security envelope can be extended to their home, to their personal devices as they were working. And that's what we did. Can you drill down a little bit and tell us, as you were analyzing the processes that had to change, how did you prioritize? How did you decide where to begin first, given the fact that that everything 
was changing or maybe everything wasn't changing, but core pieces were. So how did you dissect that? The first thing that we decided was whatever we do, we needed to make sure that our associates, our employees, wherever they were in the world at that point of time, some of them were stranded at different parts of the world. Uh, some of them were at their native, some of them were, you know, uh, obviously in cities that they were uh, based out of. Uh, wherever they were, they stay safe, they stay healthy. That was our priority number one. And we needed to make sure that all our policies, all the things that we do, uh, we have to do by making sure that our people stay safe and stay healthy. Uh, that was priority number one. As soon as we have assured that, the second thing that we needed to ensure was that our customers' works cannot be disrupted. Banks' work cannot be disrupted. The utilities' work cannot be disrupted. Uh, disrupted. The uh, hospitals' work cannot be disrupted. The uh, the the you know even the uh, entertainment companies work cannot be disrupted, right? Because you know you are at home, you need your entertainment, and uh, therefore, customers' ongoing operations needed to be safeguarded and ensure that we continue to provide the same services. So that was our policy number two. The third thing that we made sure that we do was uh, that we looked at literally every part of our processes. Uh, we looked at our uh, HR processes, we looked at our financial processes, we looked at our customer-facing processes uh, to, to ensure that these two aspects are first addressed. And then whatever changes that we needed to do to our systems, we did that. Uh, so that was how we tried to prioritize the work that we did. What was the hardest part? I'm sure there were many, many different challenges, but can you isolate something that you said, this, this seems almost impossible to me, and then how did you address it? When we were told that you know, nearly 450,000 people are not going to come to office tomorrow, but you need to ensure that our customers' work need to continue, we just didn't know for a few hours what we <laughs> would do to make that happen. Uh, we you know, literally went into a you know, continuous uh, conversation uh, at the executive level, at the operations level, um, and, and different ideas uh, were brought up. Sometimes they were discarded. Uh, and for, as I said, for uh, about uh, 18 hours, we had no clue what we would like, what we would do. And then slowly consensus emerged and, you know, uh, we got our uh, teams to get together and start, start, you know, writing together pieces of code while we were moving, uh, you know, our equipment uh, with the transporters help. Uh, we were getting permissions from the government, uh, from every small locality. Uh, every day seemed like an impossible task. Every day. We put targets out there and, you know, we just thought this target would be impossible to meet. And somehow, I would say 80, 85% of the days we met our targets. Uh, and that's, that's, that's what is, I mean, every bit was difficult. When you're making these decisions and you're confronted with this and you're trying to sort it out, who's involved in the, involved in the decision-making process? We created a leadership pool uh, 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 
a team of um, 50, 60 executives who would use our collaboration platform uh, and would be uh, coming together, having conversations or having you know, chat messages on an ongoing basis to try to figure out what are the possible options out there. We would create small groups out of these 50, 60 people uh, who would be given specific tasks. Uh, so we had uh, you know, all our geography leadership, all our business leadership, all our uh, operational leadership, uh, all our technology leadership uh, as part of this group of 50, 60 uh, empowered executives. So, you know, we had our uh, head of security, we had our head of uh, compliance, we had our legal team there, uh, and you know, and CEO downwards. Our CEO was is very hands-on. Uh, you know, we are a company where everybody has kind of grown up from being a trainee all the way to the uh, topmost level. So. You know, our executive team is uh, almost everybody's hands-on. So we all got together and, and we kept on having this conversation uh, and, and you know, slowly we emerged with the decisions to address some of these key challenges. Could you identify several uh, lessons, key lessons that you learned along the way for managing this type of rapid disruption and, and change? So I think there are four key things that we learned out of it. Number one is uh, involve the entire leadership team early, even if somebody is not affected today, uh, involve them in the decision-making process. Uh, second is it is very, very critical to communicate to your global associate base. So uh, we ensured that communication channels to everybody was established very rapidly. Right? So if a decision was taken, we had created you know, information dissemination and kind of call trees we made so that within hours, the information could be reached to the lowest individual out there in the field trying to you know, figure out what needs to be done. So you know, involve all, piece, all parts of the leadership, have the you know, communication, collaboration uh, processes in place. What is the most sacrosanct piece, right? As we said, taking care of people is the most sacrosanct piece, and you cannot uh, address that. Uh, you cannot violate that. Uh, customer operations must continue, right? Uh, that was the second. So, such policy decisions, having those policy decisions, and taking uh, you know all your process or you know when you are revising all your processes uh, aligning to those policy decisions were critical fourth and foremost was talking to all our or communicating with all the stakeholders right we spoke with our customers in the morning we spoke with our customers in the afternoon we spoke with our customers late at night we spoke with all our service providers all our vendors again in the morning in the afternoon in the night we were at some point of time you know almost continuously talking to everybody. Uh, but that helped. And, and I think those are the four key lessons. So communicate, collaborate, and ensure that your major policy decisions are based on your principles and make them, uh, make, make them stick. The last point is we made, uh, you know, we made decisions uh, or we made policies to make local decisions be made locally. So uh, let's say uh, there were some operations being done out of uh, a region in India. 
we had created a local team who had the policy guidance uh, who would take their own decisions and uh, once or twice a day they would come back and report this is how we need to handle it and and that's that that really worked so local decision making i would say is the last point uh, that we learned very interesting so you established very key very clear principles and priorities you created policies that supported those underlying principles and then you communicated a lot in summary communicated a lot yes we have a question from arsalan khan on twitter and arsalan asks were there areas of your business that showed more demand from your clients due to the health crisis whether it's cloud business process reengineering or anything else any other areas all parts of our business got excessive you know excessive customer demand uh, we have been uh, you know uh, we have just come out of a quarter that has been really termed a blockbuster quarter we have never had a quarter like that before uh, because our demand uh, from all you know industry verticals that we serve all types of customer we serve and all types of services that we provide be it our product services be it our business process services be it our uh, you know uh, operations operational services that we provide uh, all are in extremely high demand for our from our customers was that caused by the pandemic what was the reason for that i think there are two or three things that has happened that has caused this uh, surge in demand number one is um, be aware with our customers uh, be aware with our customers where they were low we didn't ask them questions will will you pay us money for the work we are doing this we said let us first make sure that you sus- you sustain your operation you survive uh, and uh, you know we built that relationship which Uh, when we we when we gave them that confidence that they can depend on us and i think that's one thing that the customers are you know coming back to us for because we were with them when it was really low time for them the second reason is uh, you know we have been you know uh, looking at the trends uh, the the trends of technology adoption uh, for and for the last few years we have been investing heavily in these you know uh in this new technologies and these new services that can uh, that, that 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 we felt that the customers would need and what this health crisis has done is really accelerate digitalization of lot of these processes as i keep saying a lot of our customer needs were broken uh, i spoke to a cio of a very large manufacturing firm of uh you know very early days of the pandemic and he came and said uh many of the things that we never thought can be done outside of a factory premises are being done from home today right uh and 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 there were many such myths that were broken across the industries which meant uh many of our customers needed the support the transformation uh of uh, the digital transformation of their processes and that's what we do for our customers right and and therefore uh our services have been in extremely high demand and the third thing i think is uh, you know it is uh you know a much of what we do uh, we have built uh, you know we have we have built a image of trustworthiness we we are trustworthy and 
we believe that our customers know that uh, and and uh, you know when there is a crisis hit i mean if you if you go back and look 10 years back and the global financial crisis that's exactly we see the exactly same trend whenever there is a crisis the customers have always come to us because they can trust us to do the right thing for them and i think that those are the things that has really allowed us to grow so obajit one of the key themes that i'm hearing from you is this idea of resiliency that kind of underlies some of the things many of the things you've been talking about so maybe talk with the talk to us about resiliency and adaptability that seems really important here the fact that we had realized sometime back is that as a business we need to have a purpose right and while we have a purpose it is important that uh, our operations are extremely resilient uh, many of the things that we have invested in uh, historically uh, be it our uh, uh, be it our uh, technologies uh, where we decided to uh, be uh, agile uh, we are one of the first enterprise agile organizations and that's an initiative that is driven by our ceo uh, rajesh gopinathan himself uh, we decided that we would be an enterprise agile organization by 2020 and we believe we reached that goal about a year in advance which was just about time when uh, the health crisis hit us uh, the second thing is we decided that we would be a cloud first company which means every technology that we deploy would be uh, on the cloud and we decided it not because there was a global health crisis we decided it a few years back because we realized that moving our you know technologies to, uh, technology operations to the cloud meant that we would get extreme resiliency and it is not a single cloud setup so we are uh, we are today working with multiple cloud providers to ensure that even among the cloud providers there is a you know there is redundancy and therefore we can move from one to the other if there is you know spike in demand or somebody is facing issues uh the third thing that we realized is uh adaptability is very critical for us and therefore uh we need to make sure every everything that we build is extremely configurable i mean one of the key reasons why we could uh very quickly you know switch our operations from uh you know development center only kind of operations to uh, work from home operations almost uh you know in 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 less than a couple of weeks uh, all our processes were transformed is because all we needed to do was we needed to change the configuration of different pieces of software uh that we had built over a period of time that configurability of our solutions that we built uh you know it needed us to invest more in building our solutions when we were building them but when the crisis really hit us it really really helped us i mean as i as i said couple of weeks we could reconfigure our processes we do uh, our uh, quarter ends uh, and publish our financial results the you know in the first 10 days of the next month even during the peak of the healthcare crisis we could complete our financials in two days and we did our uh, quarterly results uh, we were prepared for our quarterly results in the fifth day of the next month 
all our operate and we were completely compliant to all the changes in the rules and the policies and the taxation that was done by that time which was possible because every piece of work that we did in our financial systems in our hr systems were all configurable and we needed to do this configurability that gives gave us the adaptability that we needed uh, and that really helped us you use the term taxation department and i wonder when you think about resilience building in resilience and building in that kind of adaptability is it almost like an added cost or tax on efficiency and productivity or do you see it differently than that i don't see it as a tax uh it uh, you know it's it is like this uh you know the maybe the designing took a bit more time uh you know developing the system took a bit more time but as you as we all know right i mean uh, you know writing code is only 10% of the work designing the solution is only another 10% of the work right rest rest of 80% is when you know we really use it and that's where the value comes from so instead of 10% if we had done even 10% more which is 22% in a larger scheme of things that's a very very small number but it gives you extreme adaptability so i really uh, do not see this as a tax i i really see it as investment for the future and because we invested in that future uh, and because the future is always unknown right so we invested in it and and that gave us a tremendous advantage uh, which is uh, truly a competitive advantage as you can see so there's not just a single minded focus on efficiency but you're overlaying uh the resiliency the adaptability and innovation sort of in this can we call it an investment mix absolutely i mean the way i look at it is where does my investment dollar really go right i can invest in improving my own operations productivity or i can invest in uh building in that resiliency which may which may mean i am not super super productive right i may probably be able to squeeze another 5% out of my operations but my operations is a very small part of tcs's overall uh you know operating cost right but if that gives a significant uh, uh you know business benefit that's the multiplier effect uh, of that you know additional investment We have a question from Twitter. Ankit Jain, he says, how are we planning to use AI to manage identity threats in security? So the role of AI in in security. One of the key things that we have been investing in the last few years and uh, we will see this investment uh, increase significantly as we go forward is uh, investment in uh, AI. and machine learning algorithms and technologies so we are we are deploying ai for all area of our operations not just security so i just wanted to make that uh, make that clear specifically to ai uh, we are uh, you know we are leveraging uh, uh, we are leveraging ai in security to find out exceptions to find out if there are anomalies in data and 
as you can understand, uh, you know, uh, with 450,000 people doing transactions many, many times a day, we generate huge volumes of data, which our security software need to, uh, you know, uh, search through uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and this is literally terabytes of data on a daily basis. So we are using, uh, you know, different AI pro products and AI solutions to identify, to do anomaly detection. And that's one of the use cases. There are many such use cases uh, that we are uh, working to get, uh, working towards. But anomaly detection is one of the key things that we work very, uh, very, very deeply. And it has helped us identify potential threats early on, is all I can say. We have another question from Twitter, and you, you can see I, I, I prioritize the questions from Twitter over my own. Very often the questions, as you can tell, are very insightful. They're good questions. And we have a question from Krishna Chaitanya, and he asks, how has uh, this pandemic changed the attrition rate? And I'm not sure what he's referring to specifically, maybe uh, employee attrition. I'm not sure. Well, TCS has uh, one of the lowest attrition rates in IT services industry. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunately for us, uh, our attrition rate has actually dropped uh, even below the normal threshold, which is the lowest in the industry, uh, to even lower levels this quarter. So I think, uh, you know, people are choosing to stay with us uh, during this crisis is all I can say. And we have another question from Rajneesh Gupta. He wants to know, what is the roadmap to the future of how technology will change in the coming few years? And what I'd like to do is redirect that to the future of work and relations with customers and then and, and the changes that you see coming up. And we'll, we'll come back to specifics about technology a little bit later. So let's talk about changes to work and customer relationships, customer expectations, things like that. See, our customers are, as I said, the global uh, organizations. And we are seeing uh, a rapid adoption of technology by most of our customers. Uh, we are seeing them adopt uh, uh, a lot of uh, cloud, of course. Uh, everybody's talking about cloud, but uh, a huge amount of uh, you know, AI and ML work is also being done. Uh, I think that is going to fundamentally change uh, many of the business processes uh, in many of our customers as well as for us. Uh, and, and that's the future that we are looking at. Uh, we are seeing emergence of new business processes as some of the networking technology improves. So uh, 5G, for example, is uh, being looked at as something that would fundamentally change the way a lot of businesses work. Um, IoT leverage of IoT will significantly increase because of 5G is our expectation, and that would change uh, supply chain, uh, that would change uh, uh, healthcare, that would change uh, a lot of such businesses. Uh, you need to track a lot of uh, different items. I would say the next generation of mobility, uh, which drives user experience using augmented reality. Uh, user experience using uh, essentially uh, conversational systems, uh, and and I think uh, those those are those are technologies that would fundamentally change the way we do things uh, in the future uh, or work in the future. For me specifically, 
I think uh, one of the key areas of focus for me is to, you know, uh, look at how I can change change the employee experience. Employee experience is as critical for us as customer experience. We have been focusing on in you know enhancing and improving customer experience. Uh, our customers have been doing that. We have been doing that. But uh, you know, employee experience is something that I am focused on, and that's going to leverage uh, all these technologies that we spoke about. Uh, it's going to uh, leverage AI a lot. It's going to leverage 5G a lot. It's going to leverage uh, augmented reality, uh, maybe virtual reality. I don't know yet. So, so those are the areas that I'm seeing things uh, you know, happen and you know, for us to invest in. It sounds like this emphasis on customer experience and that let's include employee experience in that is central to your thinking going forward. Yes. I mean, end of the day, we all exist because of our customer. Right? If the customer did not exist, there is no reason for us to exist. Uh, so uh, the customer has to have the right experience of the services that we provide to them. And uh, it's really critical in a competitive landscape because you know all things being equal, the customer will choose where he gets the best customer experience. Uh, and therefore it is extremely critical. Same with the employees. Uh, we are in the knowledge industry, which means our real competitive advantage is our employees. And therefore uh, employee experience is equally important for us. Rahul Punjabi asks, he said, what will be the major er focus areas for CIOs over the next few years as we emerge from the pandemic? There are three areas uh, that are going to be extremely important. See, one of the things that I see, um, well, it is not, while it is not that much true for uh, uh, TCS, see, I have been in business and I was moved into IT because TCS thought IT was very, very strategic, and therefore they moved me from business to IT. Uh, in many customer situations, the CIO's role typically has been extremely technology focused. Right? However, if I see you know, in my conversations with my peers in the last few months, and uh, maybe a little, uh, a few, few couple, last couple of years uh, to be precise, we are seeing that the CIO is becoming more and more an advisor to the CEOs uh, and to the boards for many issues that normally would not involve the CIOs. And, and, and that, I think that is a very critical direction which uh, all the CIOs have to take seriously. How to advise uh, the technology aspects of their business to the you know, other CXOs and to their boards. Uh, they have to advise uh, on the aspects of uh, privacy and security. Uh, data privacy and data security is extremely important. They have to advise them about uh, the emerging new technologies, especially AI. Uh, AI becomes very, very important because uh, it is uh, ethics. Uh, ethics, is, uh, uh, ethics becomes extremely important. And uh, I think lastly, the, the thing that becomes important is uh, how to really uh, change the engagement model with your customer, right? Uh, one of the key things that this global health crisis has taught us is many businesses are changing their 
customer engagement model. And it is becoming more and more digital and more and more technology dependent. And that's one of the other, you know, that's one of the key areas where the CIOs have to invest uh, in, uh, in, in the future or focus in the future. Can you elaborate on that, the idea of the CIO needing to change the customer engagement model? That's interesting. I'll just take an example of, let's say, a retailer, right? Um, The small retailers, the large retailers, uh, everybody looks at Amazon and says how Amazon has transformed their uh, uh, industry. If you really look at it, it is Shopify who's really... Uh, making the transformation of the retail industry over the last uh, few uh, few quarters. And I think that is a very interesting trend, which means there is a company which is, enable, which is enabling the retail industry itself to transform itself on how, uh, how, the, how they engage, how the retailer engages with this customer. So that's an example of change of how your business model will fundamentally change. Uh, because you adopted Shopify's technology to compete with one of your industry disruptors, which is Amazon in this particular case. What's the lesson for CIOs? First and fundamental lesson for the CIO is you have to know how your business runs, how your business makes money, and how your business is fundamentally changing. Who's, Who's your competitor? Who's your business's competitor? And what innovations they are bringing to compete with you. And therefore, what should you do? How should you transform your business with the leverage of technology to, to compete against them? I think that is the key learning that I take away from this. And we have yet another question from Twitter, another interesting one. Thanks everybody for your questions. These are great. What is the effort and experience required to become the CIO of a company like TCS? I was in sales and uh, I have been, you know, uh, working as a consultant to many of my customers uh, over a very long period of time. And uh, I have been uh, essentially complaining and saying, you know, we, we advise our customers about this and that, and, you know, we can probably do similar things in-house. And at some point I was told, you complain too much, so you go fix this. So maybe that. Deepan Chadwa. He says, Mr. Mazumdar, do you believe that bring your own device BYOD policy should be adopted by corporates and by the business? You ask a general question and uh, the answer is always it depends. It depends on what business you are in. It depends on what your customers' requirements are. It depends on how you actually do your work. There are many, many situations where bring your own device makes absolute sense uh, because it's your device you can control. I can just create a virtual terminal for you that you can use to do your work. And once your work is done, you can switch it off and it's gone. Right? Uh, there are you know situations where you deal with somebody else's data or you deal with your own organization's data, which is extremely confidential or it has data privacy issues. And therefore, we cannot... We cannot, you know, we need to ensure that you don't keep that data with you. And therefore, we need to have much more stricter control on the device that, uh, you know, you use to do the work. And therefore, maybe BYOD is not right for you at that point. So it really depends on the context in which uh, you are using it. 
many cases, it makes a lot of sense. Some cases, it doesn't. During the pandemic, how difficult is it to get more business? And what are the major technologies that enable a company like TCS to increase its business during this difficult time? I don't want to belittle the work that our sales folks have done over the last uh, few months uh, to get the business that, that is out there. Uh, and uh, I think what really worked for us is uh, we engaged, we stayed with our customers, we worked with them to identify what challenges they were facing and help them solve it then and there, uh, rather than pushing a contract in front of them, first sign this contract and then we will do the work for you. Uh, I think that attitude of solving your problem first really helps and uh, that has helped us gain a lot of business. As we finish up, as you look forward, can you quickly summarize the things that come to you top of mind for the prior for your priorities over the next year into 2021? We have been running a lot of small sprints uh, in the initial days of the global health crisis. Um, however, we need to keep in mind that this is a marathon. Uh, this is a marathon that we have to run. And we need to uh, do it in an agile way, which means uh, I am more prone to create a quarterly plan rather than a yearly plan going forward. Because things will change and things will change very rapidly. And my priorities will probably change quarter on quarter depending on how the business is moving, how the economy is doing, how everything else is going on in the world and all of them impact my business. Uh, so I think that is uh, you know, my lesson, first lesson. The second thing is the larger technology trends are here to stay, which means we need to be convinced, we need to understand that we need to invest a lot more in technology than we have done historically. And that is true for any kind of organization wherever you are in the world. Uh, we need to invest more in technology to be um, competitive. We need to be invest more in technology just to ensure that our employees' experience improves, that their data is safe and secure, our customers' data is safe and secure, and we can adapt as things change. And, and, and that needs investment in skills and talent, and we need to do that as well. I think that is extremely critical learning that I have. Okay, and with that, we are out of time. A huge thank you to OBG Mozumder, the CIO of TCS. OBG, thank you very much for taking your time to be with us today. Everybody, thank you for watching, especially the folks who ask such great questions. Before you go, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button at the top of our website. I promise you it's worthwhile doing that. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Go to CXOTalk.com. We have amazing shows coming up and we'll see you again next time. Take care.